and and since the first episode that we did together, I have watched post finale episodes one and two. Hey! <laughs> so I can officially say I've listened to the podcast. Woo-hoo! <laughs> What's poppin' y'all? Welcome to Post Finale. I am your host, Ankit Madeira. I'm an actor and a musician who hasn't seen a lot of films. So to keep my friends happy and hopefully provide a new perspective on some popular films, I am on a quest to change that. I'm not on this quest alone, however. This week, I am joined by someone who has tried to explain Magic the Gathering to me more than once and has failed on every occasion. My best friend, Dylan Black. Dylan, how is it going? Oh, you know... The struggle is still real, trying to get you to enjoy a game that is worthwhile and fulfilling, but also incredibly draining on your pocket. And I will continue to do so until I give up. It doesn't make sense. There are too many rules. That's the fun. It's like Monopoly, you know, it's got a lot of rules. Monopoly is straightforward. (laughs) It's got a lot of rules, too. No, no, Monopoly's straightforward. All you gotta do is you go around the board. If you land on someone's space and it's not owned, you can buy it and you can build more. If it's owned, you pay money. That's the gist of Monopoly. Make everyone else bankrupt. And then there's all of the, you know, bonus rules, like making deals and convincing someone not to build something somewhere so that you can uh, screw someone else over in the future, you know? there There's a whole lot of, like, extra outside of the rules content that is important to stay on top of. Right, but that's not a rule. That's not a rule. That's strategy, and that's different. Fine. Fine. <laughs> talk about a, talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's uh, actually get into it. So we are finishing our discussion today on Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Again, if you still haven't seen this film, please go watch the film. It is hilarious and... After now having seen all of it, I do highly recommend it. I also do not recommend watching it how I watched it, which is breaking it up into three segments. So I will be going back and rewatching this again in one proper sitting. <laughs> so last we left off, Lancelot had just massacred everybody and tried to make a grand escape and failed. Now, we are with Arthur and Bedivere, and they ride up to an old man. Or, I thought it was an old man, turns out it's an old woman. Doesn't make a difference, really. Man! <laughs> <laughs> they are looking for a shrubbery, and the old woman says that there are none here. Arthur says that if they don't get it, they will say, me. Now, me. they keep going at this, and they start saying, me. And Bedivere starts saying, no, and Arthur has no. to explain how he is wrong, and I love that he has to explain that he is wrong. <laughs> no. At this point, it just kind of feels like, no, is one of those words in this world that it's just bad to say. Can we assume that? Is that what? It's like, kind of like a curse word. Okay, in a sure. Way. But I think it's also like the, the the point of it is to increase, obviously, the comedy of it, that the fact that they're just saying knee and it like physically hurts. Uh, right. I think it has something to do with they're just like, oh, what if we just make these knights that say this word that is like magical enough to like hurt people? OK, because, you know, people say that words hurt. And so they're they're like, yeah, why don't we make that literal? Sure. I mean, I thought it was lovely. It's a fun little bit that keeps going on throughout a good amount of the movie. Someone then rides up and they are asking if these knights are saying to an old woman. He is wearing a cloak and has hair that's like very pointy. It reminded me of Aang from Avatar, The Last Airbender. Mm. Like his arrow, it kind of reminded me- Are you talking about John? John the Shrubber. <laughs> yes, I am. Is I was John, like, who's John? John? No, I'm talking about Aang from a wonderful animated television series. <laughs> yes, I am. It's not John the Shrubber. No, it's Roger the Shrubber. But we learned that very shortly. So he does Roger. say... Roger the Shrubber. Yes. He does say that it's a sad time when ruffians can say to old ladies at will. It is and Roger that the Shrubber. nothing is sacred. 
Even those who arrange shrubberies are considerable economic stress. And then we learn that this man is named Roger, and that Roger is a shrubber, and that his profession is shrubberies. Arthur and Bedivere then immediately, it just cuts, which I love. They're just like, great! We've introduced this guy, you don't no, need to I know anything more about I think the best part is, is Bedivere <laughs> tries to use knee on him, also. <laughs> <laughs> and then Arthur's like, hey, hang on. <laughs> this one might be useful for us. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so... Arthur and Bedivere are back to the Knights of Me, and they agree, Me. everyone agrees, that it is a good shrubbery. But there is a problem, because the Knights of Me are no longer the Knights of Me. They are now the Knights who say, Iki 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 Patangzu Boing. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the best part of it is all the other Knights still say me. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that that's the best part of it is is just like it's just like for example it's it's kind of like the leader is kind of just like gone off the rails and just making shit up and everyone else is just like eh we're just gonna see <laughs> like we're just gonna let him do his thing and we're just gonna kind of do <laughs> what we want i kind of feel like the main guy is like Okay, guys, I have a great idea. It's going to revolutionize our entire lifestyle. Here we go. Here's what it is. And, like, it's so new that everyone else is still very skeptical. And they're like, this seems like a bad idea. Why would we do this? Let's just be safe for right now. And let's just see what happens. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're, like, humoring someone who's, like, just gone off the rails. Yes. Now, however... <laughs> Because we have been told by the leader that the name of the knights is now the knights who say Iki 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 Patangzu Boing, I will be referring to them as the knights who say Iki 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 Patangzu Boing from here on out because that is the proper name given to us by the leader. I refuse. I'm stubborn. <laughs> Fair enough. So anyway, they now say that the heroes have another test. The first test is that they must find another shrubbery. And then they must place it next to the first shrubbery, but slightly higher. Then they must cut the down the mightiest the tree in the forest with a herring. Herring? Yeah, the fish. Yeah. Uh, it's, slightly, it's slightly bigger than a sardine. I know what a but, herring is, Dylan, but like, oh, okay. am I missing something? I think it's like they, they're trying to give them impossible tasks. And I think, honestly, it might be a comedic jab at the hero's journey. You know, the classic tale of an adventure and how they're given tasks. And, you know, they're like, but this task is impossible. I could never complete it. And then they end up doing it through the power of friendship or whatever. Um, <laughs> I think it was it's the power kind of, like, of friendship all along. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like one of those like impossible in quotations, air quotes for those listening, impossible tasks given during a hero's journey. Okay, and I think that's what makes this comedy work so well is that it threads that line right of mm -hmm. it could be a specific choice that they have made. In this style of comedy, especially, not all mm -hmm. comedies lend themselves to this. This one does. Where it could have been a specific choice that was made, but there's also the chance that they were like, okay, they need to chop down a tree. What do we have around the office? And someone had herring for lunch, and they said herring. Yeah, it literally could have been anything like that. And I think that's what lends this to being so good, honestly, is that it's just so out there. And why there. the movie's so great? It's because those who take things a little bit more seriously might be able to kind of psychoanalyze their comedy in a way that makes them happy because they're like, oh, this was a really great comedy choice. This was a really fantastic way to use this in this way to really emphasize the comedy. If you're just some everyday person who doesn't really have a lot of that kind of background, you could just go, that's funny because they're telling him to chop down a tree with a fish. Like <laughs> That's all it is. 
that is why it's so good and why I think this movie kind of transcends time in a way and why it's still so great even up to this point is because it has those layers for basically what kind of level you want to appreciate this movie at. Sure. So Arthur says that, no, this is impossible. This cannot be done. And then the knights who say, Iki, 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 Patangzu, Boing, say, don't say that word. Arthur's obviously confused. And the knights... Uh, say what word? Yeah, everyone's slightly confused. Apparently, these knights cannot hear the word. And so now Arthur is more confused on what do you mean? So in comes Sir Robin and... Arthur's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? And Robin says, no, no, far from it. And that's when I clocked that. Ah, the word is it. That's how they defeat the knights. I was like, that's how they're going to defeat these guys. They're just going to keep saying it. And that's going to be their downfall. Robin says that he hasn't given up the quest. And he's actually looking for it here in the forest. And they figure it out. And like, I guess, do the knight, does like Arthur and Robin figure it out? That the word is it? I don't think anyone actually figures it out. They kind of just leave. Yeah, I was very confused because I was like, what is happening right now? You're meaning to tell me that these knights were so dangerous that you had to go find a shrubbery, but then also you could just walk past them. I think it was more along the lines of like, they didn't realize, because it is a word that is used a lot in language. Mm -hmm. So it's entirely possible that it, they were just having a conversation and then it just kept coming out and they didn't realize it. No, but like, why were they just able to walk away? It makes no sense. I mean, these knights were supposed to be knights that they, they feared. That's why they needed to get the shrubbery. It's one of those things, man. No, but that's not how it's supposed to work. There was a task. Wait, that's illegal. <laughs> that's not how tasks are supposed to happen. I Man, don't like it. <laughs> I think it's just one of those things that can't really, uh, you know. Fair enough. Now, what were they saying? Because I didn't catch what they were saying as like Arthur and Robin and everyone walked away. Like, what were the little knights saying? They were all panicking because the word it was kept being saying. And then the leader was saying something along the lines of like, oh, they said the word. Like, they said it. Oh, I said it. Oh, I said it again. <laughs> Like, as, as it's like, but was it the whole thing that they couldn't say it? Yeah. Well, they can't, they can say it, obviously, but like, they, they have a fear of the word, like everyone else is the fear of the word knee. Oh. Is kind of like swap between, you know, like knee is the word that everyone else hates, it's the word that these guys hate. I'm not going to lie, it would have been fantastic if they were able to find a way to make it so that in was the guy that these guys is hate. That would have been fun. If it was just the flip. Mm. If the word that the knights of... Or, I'm sorry, that, that's not their proper name anymore. The knights of Iki 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 Patangzu Boing. If they were scared of the word in instead of it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. This is how my brain works. <laughs> <laughs> so, we then quickly cut back to Frank who is now being covered with a cloth by policemen who have shown up in a police car. Mm -hmm. I am very confused on what is going on with Frank and his little police car men and stuff, but I feel like they're going to have something to do with this story because they keep coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fair enough like, you can't, can't I, say a lot until it's it's like a somewhere it's like a it's like a b-roll segment kind, kind of, of thing. uh yeah. yeah 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 i mean it was it's it's fun it's it's different let's say that it's different so mm -hmm. then we cut to some animation and you have arthur bedivere and robin they set out mm -hmm. to find the enchanter mm -hmm. and they meet up with lancelot and galahad oh you're fine what what were you humming Oh, the, just the, the, the music that they use. Oh, okay. 
the no, listeners, that imagine that underneath what I am saying, and there you go. That's mm-hmm. roughly what happens. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, Arthur, Bedivere, and Robin, they set out to find the Enchanter. They meet up with Lancelot and Galahad. They get to the frozen land of Nador, and they were forced to eat Robin's menstruals. I'm sorry, cannibalism? Yeah. They're the most annoying of the group. I enjoyed their company. They had fun little quirky songs about Sir Robin and how brave, in air quotes, he was. I know, but like... You can't. Look, they serve no purpose to the story. Yeah, no, it was literally (laughs) just they had their bit during the encounter with the three headed knight, and then that was basically it. Like, they don't need anything else. They really don't. Or they didn't really need to be anything else. Yeah, I mean, they had their bit. It was. I wasn't upset that they were gone. I was like, oh, just offhanded cannibalism. Here we go. Yeah. Hey, man, when you're in survival situation, you got to do what you got to do to survive. That's fair, but I'm pretty sure nobody on Survivor has ever tried to eat the other person. No, that's correct. I mean, yes, I know it's a reality TV show. Sure, fine. Um, But like, mm-hmm. still. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, certainly wild. I don't know. Fair enough. Anyway, so we then learned that a year passed. Winter changed to spring, spring into summer, summer into winter, and then winter gave spring and summer a miss and went straight into autumn. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's how seasons work. Honestly, I don't know. It's pollen season. I The outdoors wants to kill me right now. That's where my yeah, season's at. It's, it's wild. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's 80 degrees outside right now, and I don't want anything to do with that. We had about 60 Fahrenheit today, which wasn't bad. It was actually quite nice. It was just there was a lot of pollen, and so I was sneezing a lot. It was an interesting bike ride, let's say that. (laughs) So, after this year has passed, one day, the the caravan of heroes see an explosion in the distance. And they see what looks like a wizard causing the explosions to happen. Why is he blowing stuff up just for fun? Because he can? Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. I think, I, mean, I, look. I think it's literally just like, hey, check out this guy with cool magic. <laughs> fair enough. And I had two questions written down other than why. One, is this the Enchanter? And two, oh, do we finally get to meet Merlin? Spoiler alert, one of those guesses was right. They call me... Tim. They call him Tim. Tim. <laughs> So the mysterious wizard gets there. We learn that some call him Tim, and Arthur's quite surprised. Tim knows who Arthur is. Tim also reveals that the knights are on a quest to the Holy Grail. Then Tim summons fire from his staff and blows up a random dead tree. Tim's a vibe. Yeah, no, Tim's a great... Tim's great. (laughs) I would also like to point out that this entire thing, because Tim is played by John Cleese... Lancelot is wearing a helmet this entire time. It's someone oh. else in Lancelot's at. Like, Lancelot is wearing a helmet where one half is painted black, the other half is painted white. Sure. Because John Cleese is currently playing Tim the Enchanter. That is amazing. Okay, I did not know that. Oh, also, um, if anyone wants a description of what Tim looks like, because I realized we haven't done that. He has horns like a ram, and a long, thin beard, and he's also wearing, like, a large fur coat. It looks like it's made of, like, fur or hide or something like that. But he's, he's, he's an interesting guy. Just blowing up dead trees to prove a point, I guess. I mean, at least it wasn't a live tree. But also, he did set off a lot of explosions, so I'm not sure what he may have blown up there. He, he's just blowing shit up. He's just blowing shit up. So Arthur and the others explain that they are looking for a grail in a very awkward way. And they ask Tim for any information, saying, like, hey, anything you can tell us that could be helpful, like, we really appreciate it. And I was like, social anxiety on point, let's go. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how many times have you ever been in a situation where you want to ask someone for something, but you're like, I don't know how to approach this subject with you, but, like, I need to get my point across, but also this is weird. Yeah, it, it's just wild. <laughs> it's it's very well written, very well acted on everyone's part. I agree. Arthur then starts asking, um, where where they might um where they might uh find a, like a like a like a um what what is the thing um like a like a and then Tim just shouts, Grail, yes. <laughs> I will show you the Holy Grail. Perfect sequence. No notes. Tim says that he can help. To the north lies a cave, the cave of Karen Banog, wherein, carved in mystic runes upon the very living rock, the last words of Olfin Bedware of Reghed make plain the last resting place of the Holy Grail. Yep. I'm sorry, living rock? Mm-hmm. Living rock. Rocks are I, alive! It... It might uh, be an allusion to something like lava. You know, molten rock that moves. Oh, okay. I don't know. It could just be they, they just thought... They, maybe they just thought, huh, that would be funny. Yeah. I mean, look, if any listener out there is listening and they know of some phenomenon where someone calls something a living rock, let me know. I'd love to learn. I have no idea what they could be referring to but in my experience rocks aren't living they might be flying but they're not living no they are not no they are not so tim says follow him but only if they are men of valor the cave is guarded by a beast so foul that no man has fought it and lived the bones of 50 men lay there so if they doubt their strength or courage go no further as death awaits them with pointy teeth and i was like well large robin's going to die pointy teeth <laughs> large pointy teeth yes it's lovely again that performance right there amazing amazing one of my favorite performances in the whole movie and even arthur right before we cut that scene <laughs> arthur turns and goes what an eccentric performer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Perfect. No now, notes. I, no notes. I do have a prediction. We are going to lose friends. And I think everybody but Lancelot will die. Lancelot just seems that different type of invincible. He's the only one that I have seen murder 30 some odd people. Yeah. On accident? He's the only one that has shown any sort of fighting prowess. So this is my prediction, is that everyone but Lancelot is going to die by the end of the film. Uh, no, we'll, we'll find Bold out. Bold prediction. Bold predictions. So we get to a cave. It's a skull. Nope, sorry. That was just a camera angle. Great camera angle. Yeah, right? The, that's Amazing camera angle. That moment was, was fantastic. Like, you have the skull on the right-hand side of the screen, and then you have the knights riding in the distance on the hill. Amazing camera angle. I thought that that was the cave. And then, like, two seconds later, I was like, uh, no, not the cave. Nope. So, the knights, they all arrive, and then they proceed to dismount their steeds. A very important step. You cannot forget to dismount. Dismount. And they get to the entrance of the cave. Arthur says, keep him covered. And everyone's slightly confused. With what? We don't have arrows. <laughs> They're going back and forth. Just keep me covered. Exactly. But it's too late. The beast has appeared. The rabbit. Look. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cute little rabbit. Now, Arthur says that, you know, Tim well, behind got the them. rabbit. Yeah, Tim got them all worked up for nothing. Tim tries to tell them, no, no, no. The rabbit is truly a killer. But... <laughs> this is where I put in another guess. I was like, let me guess. The rabbit is either... I had two predictions here. Either what I think is the first actual thing 
is it's like a horrible lab experiment gone wrong mutant rabbit who's legitimately like a massive threat or Mm -hmm. the rabbit is just the food for the actual beast i really want it to be the first one yeah because that sounds like a lot more fun so let's find out so they send off a knight named Boars. Send him off to go fight this rabbit. And the rabbit bites right. his head off. One rabbit sandwich, one rabbit stew coming right up. <laughs> that rabbit stew never made it. I mean, you could have boar stew. Yeah, the rabbit quite literally leapt up and bit his head off. May I just say, lean motion as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, that rabbit, it was just jump in a fluid motion. Like, it didn't have to gnaw. It was just one fell swoop like a sword. That rabbit is a mutant rabbit. There's no way out of the round that. So then, all the knights charge at the rabbit. And the rabbit wreaks havoc. Some of the knights die. Five of them get away. We learn that we have lost Gawain, Hector, and Bors. So, five. Lisa. <laughs> they won't risk another frontal assault. A suggestion is made of taunting, but that won't work. So finally, they decide on the holy hand grenade. I'm sorry, the what? Did I miss something? Did we have a holy hand grenade this entire time? Yeah. I also want to point out that they say it's Hector, but that's their version of Sir Hector of the round table. Oh, okay. Hector, Gawain... And Boars are all members of the round table. I know Gawain and Boars is because I watched Merlin, the BBC show. Yeah, you forgot the, the line where Sir Robin suggests they run away more. And then Arthur tells him to go change his armor. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, comedy. Just, oh, go change your armor. <laughs> so... Apparently, the holy gra- hand grenade, which I was very confused on what this is, I was like, I missed something. I don't know what this is. We're about to find out. It's a sacred relic held by Brother Maynard, and they get the holy hand grenade. Are they singing the same requiem from hitting the heads? Is it just the yes, same it's requiem the, the exact entire time? Same one. Okay. Domine dona es requiem. I love that they don't change it. It's just the same, always. Yeah. I love that. Great bit. Great bit. Again, if there's anything to learn from this movie, it's stick to the bit. Stick to the bit. Stick to the bit. So, we get the hand grenade. I'm sorry, the holy hand grenade. It is a fancy... (laughs) I just remembered when we said, when I said holy hand grenade, I remembered our D&D campaign where I had holy hand grenades. (laughs) Would you like me to read what it says in the book of armaments yeah do you have the whole thing i have part of it but go for <laughs> I it i have all of it why not so, dylan go first for off it. book of armaments that's amazing because armaments is a word for like weapons yeah it's literally a holy book of weapons i think that's fantastic so armaments chapter 2 verses 9 to 21 and Saint Attila raised the hand, the, the hand grenade up on high, saying, O Lord, bless this thy holy hand grenade, that with it thou mayst blow thine enemies to tiny bits in thy mercy. And the Lord did grin, and the people did feast upon the lambs, and sloths, and carp, and anchovies, and orangutans, and breakfast cereals, and fruit bats, and large. <laughs> and, then, and then he gets cut off. He's told skip, skip a bit. A bit. And the Lord spake, saying, First shalt thou take out the holy pin. Then shalt thou count to three. No more, no less. Three shalt be the number thou shalt count, and the number of the counting shall be three. Four shalt thou not count, nor neither count thou two, excepting that thou then proceed to three. Five is right out. Once the number three, being the third number, be reached, then lovest thou thy holy hand grenade of Antioch towards thy foe, who, being naughty in my sight, shall snuff it. Amen. Amen. You cannot forget the amen. Remember, it yeah, is Yeah, they a... all say amen. 
They all say amen, which is by far my favorite bit of that entire thing. <laughs> Again, no notes. I have nothing to say to that. Like, I, it's just amazing. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. So, and very, very well done on reading that as well. Good job. Thank you. So, they then launch the Beowulf. grenade. They launch the grenade. They pull out the pin. Arthur counts one, two, five. Yeah, he still can't count. Three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> they launch the grenade. There's an explosion. Another fantastic bit that Arthur can't count to three. Uh, I think that lends to the whole, like, not very literate. I th honestly think out of all of the bits, that's my favorite one. Is that Arthur can't count to three because of our joke of we're musicians, we can't count past mm -hmm. four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because he immediately jumps to five. <laughs> oh no, of course. That's the proper way to do it. One, two, five. Like, I'm sorry, is that not the right way to count? No. Oh. Well, the things you learn. Because three comes before four. Oh, right. It's one, two, three, four, one. That's what it is. I'm mistaken. Five. Oh, there's a five. I, I, again, I said I was a musician. I can count to four. Like, I, it, Dude, it's hard. We played a, Whiplash. You should on be able a to count really to seven. Good on a really good day, I can count to eight. Damn. I know, right? I mean, sometimes I think about counting to count four twice, I can, but... I can count to 12. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. How do you do that? Do you, like, count to six so, twice? Is there, that what you do? A song, there's a song that was in 12-8 that I did <laughs> once. So, yeah, I had to count 12 beats in eight... In, uh, 12 notes between uh, in eight beats. So, I had to learn how to count to 12. That's fair. I mean, by the time I got to uni in Portland, if we ever saw, because I played tuba in the symphony, if we saw quarter notes or eighth notes, consistently we would raise our hand and ask our director, hi, we don't know what to do, the notes are colored in, this is not normal. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like this. <laughs> Where are unfilled notes? <laughs> Anyway, we lost track somewhere along committing to the bit. Yep. Where are we in this film? Let's get back to the film. <laughs> so they've launched the grenade. They blow up the bunny rabbit. And the explosion is heard by the officers at Frank's death. See, I told you they're important. We'll find out why. I still don't know. It's, what they're... it's the B story. <laughs> I, 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 I'm so intrigued. I want to know. Like, I'm, like I, but I have zero idea. I'm like, they have to connect some way, shape, or form. I cannot tell you why these guys might connect. I am so lost. Yeah. I don't know. I So, the whole murder of Frank has turned into kind of like the B-roll story yeah. of the movie. Like, the original, like, the first, the main plot is the Knights of the Round Table and their quest for the Holy Grail. The secondary storyline is this murder investigation <laughs> which is fair because all we know is that he was killed by a knight so i am very curious i'm going to make a bold prediction and i wrote it down obviously because like you know i've finished the film at mm. this point i wrote it down but my bold prediction was that one of our knights at the round table is the killer and because I'm still pretty sure that everyone but Lancelot dies, I'm gonna say Lancelot is the killer. We'll get to that later. Interesting. Okay. We'll see. Because I'm still pretty sure everyone is going to die. I, I don't mm -hmm. see a way out of it. Lancelot yeah. just seems invincible. So, anyway, they enter the cave. It's dark. You hear lots of heavy panting as they make their way through. They finally reach the stone with the writing. And the language is Aramaic. Aramaic. Aramaic? 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 Aramaic. Aramaic. There we go. Words are hard. And I'm sorry for butchering pronunciations for people who love this film. I am trying my best. Aramaic. So, then they say, of course, Joseph of Arimathea. D am I missing something else again? Joseph of Arimathea. Three. Who's Joseph of Arimathea? He's actually mentioned in The, La the Last Crusade. As the last the last knight of the Crusades who possessed the Grail. Oh, 
Oh, okay. I do know that name. That's why I know that name. He is a saint in basically all forms of Catholicism. Mm-hmm. He was the one who buried Jesus after he was crucified and also caught the blood in the cup and had the grail, I believe. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I knew that I had heard the name, but I didn't know if it was in the context of this. I guess it was the context of the Last Crusade. Lovely. This is this is some this is some uh, some Christian Christian stuff for sure. Woo! Yeah, without so realizing it, religious. <laughs> without realizing it, the first two films that I watched just have a lot of Christian underlying overtones. Again, I don't know what the films are about going into it. I just know that they're popular. So we then learn that the stone says, "Here may be found the last words of Joseph of Arimathea." He who is valiant and pure of spirit may find the Holy Grail in the castle of Ah. Apparently, he must have died while carving it. Okay, fair enough. The castle of Ah. (laughs) The best part is none of that came through on your mic, so it's just silence. (laughs) And we're leaving that in. Hey man, uh, sometimes this mic doesn't pick everything up. That's okay. Uh, fair enough. We're we're working with what we got, and we're putting out content with what we got. And yeah. Hopefully, we can improve that soon. More on that later. I would, if so, you want to get me a new microphone for my birthday, so I can do more podcasts with you, I would gladly take that. Dylan, I barely have enough money currently to get a new I know. microphone for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your old one. <laughs> <laughs> so. My guess here is when they said Castle of Ah, I was like, oh, it's Castle Anthrax. That was the actual grail. The women are there to guard it. And only by being a brave knight who is pure of heart and makes the sacrifice to stay there with the women gets access to the grail. But that was a fake grail, right? But I thought when they said the Castle of Ah, ah that... Ah. Uh, I'm sorry. Ah. I thought... That maybe they meant Castle Anthrax. Turns out I was very wrong, and I was swinging in the field. <laughs> like it made like, zero I could see where sense. you made that connection, which would be hilarious if it was Castle Anthrax, because it's like we were literally just there. Like, come on! Right? <laughs> and also, here's the thing: is it says he who is valiant and pure of spirit. Like poor Galahad, he is so pure. He's literally called Sir Galahad the Pure. He almost broke. But he is I think pure. he actually did. I yeah. don't know. No, he didn't. He got whisked away by Lancelot. Oh, but he was, he was considering staying. Considering and breaking <sighs> is two very different things. It's true. I mean, then again, not sometimes in terms of the law, but that's a whole different discussion. I, th- I think also Pure... Is that pure within the context of the time or pure in what we consider to be pure? I don't have an answer for you. Context is important. Think about them. I agree. I agree. But turns out I was very wrong anyway. So moving on. Mm. It doesn't say anything else. And so everyone starts guessing what it could mean. First, they say, could it have been Karamargu? Karamaju? Something. I I am so sorry. Yeah, that one. Because it's French. It's, fr- it's French. Right. It's somewhere in France. Then they say St. Ah could be in Cornwall. No, that's St. Ives. And then Bedivere turns around, spots something, and says, Ooh, Lancelot. No, no. Ah, at the back of the throat. Perfect. No, no, no. no, no. Ooh, as in surprise and alarm. <laughs> so then they turn and they see a creature. It's animated, and it has a short, stubby green feet and a tail, kind of like the body of a short, fat lizard. It has a very long neck, a massive mouth with razor-sharp teeth. It has bat-wing-shaped ears, and it has 22 eyes. Yes, I did pause and count. I was like, did so- you actually count? <laughs> <laughs> actually, with the process of counting the eyes. I, I mean, I happened to pause because I needed to know how to describe this thing. And hmm. I was like, well, I'm here. I may as, as well, well the- count. Might as well get the right number, right? <laughs> so it has 22 eyes. It has short spiky yellow hair, and some huge horns that grow off the screen. Apparently, this is the legendary black beast of... And, uh, well, the brother just got eaten. 
and the knights run away because they are all like Sir Robin. So they keep running, they keep running. It turns back into a little animated sequence of all of them running. So the knights run while they are being chased. They keep running. And as the black beast lunged forward when all hope seemed lost. But then, just then, the animator suffered from a fatal heart attack. Amazing two-second <laughs> clip right here where the man is at his desk animating. Freezes, goes... And then launches himself backwards out of the frame. Amazing. Yeah. Great comedy. Terry, Terry Gilliam was playing the uh, animator in that scene. Perfect. Apparently he was uh, supposed to be the director for the Harry Potter films. Oh, cool. Well, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. And then the cartoon peril was no more and the quest could continue. Lovely. So then we have our police. They have arrived and they see that the knights have killed the rabbit, and there are dead knights next to a blown-up rabbit. We'll find out. The knights emerge from a cave, and they see the Bridge of Death. They see an old man from scene 24. He's the keeper, and asks every traveler five, I'm sorry, three, three questions. questions. <laughs> he who answers five three questions can cross in safety. If you answer wrong, you get cast into the Gorge of Eternal Peril. Seems pretty straightforward. Arthur nominates Sir Robin to go answer the questions, but in the end, Lancelot goes and the others will watch and I've pray. I've got a great idea. Why doesn't Lancelot go? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I gotta credit Sir Robin. He didn't want to go, and he found a way to not go. At least to start with. So, now it is time for the questions. The first question. What is your name? Sir Lancelot of Camelot. Hey, that rhymes. I just noticed that. That's fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, anyway. What is your quest? <laughs> <laughs> to seek the Holy Grail. What is your favorite color? Blue. Right. Off you go. <laughs> he gets across. Easy. It's lovely. The, all the others go up. So then we get to Sir Robin. Stop. Who approaches the bridge of death must answer me these questions three ere the other side they see. Now, the first question is the same. What is your name, Sir Robin of Camelot? The second is the same. What is your quest to seek the Holy Grail? And the third question is... What is the capital of Syria? I don't know that. Immediately, he is jabbed by what looks like a pike and cast into the Gorge of Eternal Peril. No, no, well, I believe... I- was there a pike? I thought it, I thought they were just magically cast into the pit. Sure, it, I I couldn't really tell. It kind of looked like the ground kind of like popped up and like launched him. I don't know, but like yeah, I I think I think they just get magically catapulted into the gorge. Sure, I mean the gist of it is he got catapulted into the gorge. <laughs> He's not around anymore. <laughs> He's dead. Then we get to Galahad. What's your name? So Galahad of Camelot. Quest, seek the grill. I seek the grill. What, what is, is your, your favorite? favorite color? Blue. No. Yellow. Cast. Bye-bye, Galahad. Uh, the best part is, is they reused the exact same clip of a body falling into the gorge for both Robin and Galahad. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> That's they recycle. They recycle film all the time <laughs> honestly i love that they're like look we got one good one let's just use this like we don't need to have two bodies go but let's not make it fancy let's just no 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 that's overrated and i agree if they tried to make it fancy it wouldn't be as funny so yeah, yeah. so then you have arthur come up and arthur answers his questions it is arthur king of the britons I seek quest to seek the Holy Grail. The third question is: What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? What do you mean, an African or a European swallow? I, I don't know that. Bye, bye, keeper. The bridge keeper gets cast. <laughs> I think that's. I think probably the fact that they were like, "Oh, hey, remember this bit we used at the very beginning of the movie." Let's I bring was it back. so <laughs> satisfied when it came back. I was like, yes, 
<laughs> vengeance that knight knew what he was talking about but i think the best sequence of this was bedivere afterwards goes why do you know so much about swallows arthur well you have to know these things when you're a king and then they just cross the bridge yeah amazing great i love that again no notes no notes it's no notes. just perfect perfection so then you have an intermission screen pop up just to point out we are an hour and 21 minutes into this film and this film is an hour and 32 minutes long fantastic amazing I can only imagine what people in the theaters must have been thinking when they saw this for the first time. Yeah. Now, I can't think of a better time to take our intermission. So why don't we take our intermission and then we will be right back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the intermission for episode seven. I hope you all are enjoying this final episode of our quest through watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail for the very first time. If you are enjoying it and you would like to support the podcast and gain access to tons of bonus content and a lot of my notes and behind the scenes of how some of this podcast has gotten put together, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash postfinale and signing up. For the Patreon, any of the money that is made from the Patreon is going directly back into the show and will help pay for better microphones, better editing softwares, etc., etc. And if you can't support the show in a monetary way, that's completely fine. I'm just really thankful that you tune into the episodes and I hope you keep coming back. Next week we are going to be watching our next film and getting started on that journey as well. And if you want to stay up to date on what that film is, you can do so by following us on social media at PostFinalePod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I post there, and slowly that social media will also start getting some more content as I watch more films and have more context of films in the world. So follow us on there if you're interested, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Reviews really help, and it's a great way to show support for the pod. So if any of that you're able to do, I really appreciate it. And to any of you who have already done so, thank you so much. And with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the episode and getting through our final little bit of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So, Arthur and Bedivere, they get across the bridge, and they go to the other side, but they cannot find Lancelot. Turns out, Lancelot's getting frisked by the police who were at Frank's death. Love this. I love the connection. I also admire these police who are like, we need to find out who did this. And they are willing to go wherever that takes them. Even if it means going all the way back in time to, like, I think it was 934 AD to find our culprit. I, I, I love the fact that they're looking for Lancelot and he's just getting, like, searched. Yeah, he's just getting searched. Just, there's nothing he can do about it. Nothing no, 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 he can do about it. Yeah, so they can't find him, but they hear a holy chorus from the skies. They follow the sound down the mountain, and many shots of them walking through the fields. I was like, they really are trying to just pull this to an hour 30. There is then a bright flash of white light, and we see a wooden serpent's head. Turns out, the serpent's head is on the bow of a ship that approaches our heroes. They get on the ship, and they sail away, with some fantastic music playing on the background. Come great moment away. in the score. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, not Come Sail Away. Again, great song by Styx, but not the one that we're looking for. So, we then pan out, and we see that they have reached the castle. Ah... Uh, I was like, yeah, turns out uh, it's an actual castle. Turns out it's a real place. I was baffled. So Arthur and Bedivere get there, and they see something and then pray. And as they are praying, you hear a catapult, and then a sheep lands on top of them. Fuck yeah, it's the French! <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if it's anyone has ever yelled French. that with that much passion before. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Arthur says, How dare they taint this holy place with their presence, and commands they open the doors of the sacred castle. Arthur and Bedivere start to run up the stairs, and our lovely French guard, and no, I will not be doing a French accent because I cannot do one. Um, I'm working on it, but it's Hello, not the good. Hello, English king niggets, and Monsieur Arthur King, who's the yeah. brain of a duck, you know, so we French fellows out with you a second time. Pretty much, they just yell insults at them. My favorite one was, so you think you could out-clever us French folk with your silly knees bent running about, advancing behavior? I wave my private parts at your aunties, you cheesy lot of second-hand electric donkey bottom biters. No chance, English bedwetting types. I burst my pimples at you and call you door-opening request a city thing, you br tiny-brained wipers of other people's bottoms. <laughs> so, Arthur just wants the door open. The French guard says no. And Arthur says that if they do not open the door, they will take the castle by force. And I was like, yeah, because it worked so well last time. Look at what that got you. You just got crushed by your giant wooden gift. Also, you and what army, Arthur? You keep making threats, but you don't have an army. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. just no, then... No army. No Not army. No. So just then, what looks like puke is then thrown down onto Arthur and Bedivere from above. Arthur and Bedivere leave, and Arthur just tells them, you know what? Just tells Bedivere, just ignore them. It's okay. D don't worry about it. They walk away. And they walk all the way across the water to the other bank of the water from this, like, island. Are they Jesus? Can they just walk on water now? Let's not uh, worry about continuity issues. <laughs> no, I think they were on the other side of the lake from the castle. And that's where they took the boat from. And then this is, like, the shore of the lake. Kind of like a weird swampy area. Look pretty deep. So it was like either they have to like walk across, like walk around the 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 lake, or, or walk the boat. over the lake. No, 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 no. So the castle is situated on a small little thing of land sticking out of the lake, right? Right. Now that land has to connect somewhere. So oh, you were saying the, land the part connects... that they walked over was a swampy area. Yeah, it was just super waterlogged, full of water, but still, like, walkable on. Great. The, they took the boat from the other side of the lake, like, from where the castle is. I respect that. I see your point I of think view. either that, or they just thought it would be funny. <laughs> Fair enough. Here's my counterpoint to why these men are now just Jesus, apparently, who can walk on water, and I think he can also turn water into wine. Yes, I, I don't know. But my argument to why they can just walk on water is if you look at, like, if you shot a straight line from where they were to the castle, they would have gone over a bit of water that looked the same as the water that was, like, behind the castle in the distance. And it didn't look swampy. So I'm just saying that these men are now Jesus and have the power to walk on water. And if you want to live in that headspace, you are perfectly allowed to as a free person. I also just think it's significantly funnier if they are. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 it does lend to the comedy a lot more of just like, oh, yeah, by the way, well, as they walk away, they just walked across the water. Yep, that'd pretty be much. Funny. So then Arthur says they will attack at once and then calls for a stand for attack. And the massive army from earlier shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you literally just said him and what army? Well, there's the army. Oh, we found the army. Even Bedivere looks surprised that they're here. And I love that. He was just like ready to follow Arthur into battle. Just him. He was prepared. But he looked so baffled. I was like, there's no way he knew that this was happening. I think the best part is, is that army also appeared earlier in the movie during the part where they're saying to get on with it. No, that I know. That was the that's... very large... Yeah, Th that's why I saw them and I was like, they're going to come into play, but I also forgot about them. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that's the point. They're, they're like supposed to be used at, at such like a brief moment and then people forget about them. And then when they show up, they go, oh, shit, like sure. we're going to see this epic battle scene. Like they're going to siege the castle. It's going to be awesome. 
Exactly. And also, it does help that I haven't... I've watched an hour and a half film, I think, over the span of about a week. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think the other best part is as the uh, army is approaching, all of the knights are still galloping as if they didn't have as if they were riding horses but they aren't the only proper way to travel i'm sorry mm -hmm. that you think that there is another way to travel that is the only proper way to travel and if anyone ever does that have fun ignore all the dirty looks just have fun yeah i think they grab just like a bunch of extras and also people from like a historical society to be part of this scene and they're just oh. like just act like you're riding a horse that's it. <laughs> what do you need us to do? Act like you're riding a horse. We'll pay you. <laughs> and here's money. And lunch. <laughs> so. Maybe. Then, maybe. They might have not had the budget for that. Maybe. Well, I, I hope that they at least got fed and got a little bit of payment. Because that always treat everyone that works on a film well. Do extras always get paid? No. Not always. But they should. So. Arthur says that they will avenge many good knights and that they won't stop until all the French are dead and the Holy Grail is back with those who God had chosen. Just then, the police show up with Frank's wife, who says, That one. Uh-huh, I'm sure it's that one. How are you able to tell? Turns out she's able to tell because they grab Arthur, throw a cloth over his head, and chuck him into the back of a police van. And then they also take Bedivere and chuck him into the back of a police van. Then they start dispersing the other knights and start pushing them back. Mm -hmm. And one yeah. cop with a megaphone looks at the camera and says, All right, Sonny, that's enough. And then shoves the camera and we just see a white screen. And then it turns to a black screen and the music from the beginning of the movie returns. And that's the end? That's it. What? <laughs> Curtain. It's over. What? Wild ending. Go home. Okay. The movie's over. Sure. Leave. Go home. Why are you still here? <laughs> I just got the reference you were making. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh, is it that one? It's yeah, I have. I have seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Well, Dead, Deadpool was making was making a reference to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Sure. If that's that, what you're thinking of. Yeah, I have seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I've only seen it once and I saw it a while ago. Like, it's been yeah. at least five or six years since I've seen it. Hmm. I have seen it, which yeah, I know it's Ferris is... Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay, okay. I know it's a wild concept to think that I've seen a film. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, great film. Great film. Great film. Again, if you've gotten this far and you haven't seen it, please go watch it because I can only describe it so well this type of comedy is not something that's easy to describe so i hope that i did a good job for you listeners and you were able to keep track of where we were before we head out as i will at the end of every film i'm gonna do a few quick like just notes on how it fared you know how it did in the world of putting it out there so it has an 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb. It has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. It is number 147 on the IMDb Top 250 list. And across different awards, because there are so many awards, it was nominated for three awards and it won all three awards. Yeah. If anyone is curious... I will leave a link in the bio of this episode to the IMDb page of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You guys can read more about it there. But yeah, um, fantastic film. It was made on a budget of £282,035. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not at all. And it grossed at the box office, and this is just the box office, Two million three hundred and fifty-eight thousand two hundred and twenty-nine pounds. Now, two things. One, I am using Wikipedia as my source in this sense. I'm not saying it's the greatest journalism. It's the quickest journalism. 
<laughs> I, I would like to point out that Monty Python and the Grail was the highest grossing British film in 1975. Nice. Even, even those screened in the U.S. In 2011, ABC did a special called Best in Film, the Greatest Movies of Our Time. Mm-hmm. And it was second in comedy behind Airplane, which is also a fantastic movie. I haven't seen it. Airplane's fantastic. That would be another one I would highly recommend watching. Okay. In the UK, there was a magazine called Total Film that polled their readers back in 2000. And they asked them, like, what, you know, what are your best favorite comedy movies? And it ranked fifth greatest of all time. Cool. Didn't say, it doesn't say what's behind. I'm also reading this from Wikipedia. Uh, it's fine. So, and then Channel 4 which is one of the big BBC channels. They do a lot of the a lot of the really good British shows. Like they do British, like 9 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. All those. They do Channel a lot of fantastic the, things. Channel, Channel 4 is fantastic for, co- for, for British comedy shows. Highly recommend mm-hmm. it. If you can get Channel 4 where you are, watch the shows that are on there. And most of them are really good. The, back in 2006, they pulled their viewers and it was sixth all time. Yeah. So this is something that has been lauded especially over time as probably one of the greatest british comedy movies of all time yeah fair enough i mean i cannot name one off the top of my head that is better that i think is better but also i mean this is just straight off the top of my head and this is fresh in my mind i'm sure if i had to think maybe but i don't know if i will it's yeah a great uh, film. also another thing to note uh, no. the 2005 musical spam a lot is a Tony Award-winning musical. It won a Tony Award. And it is based on this movie. Yes, yes. It, yeah. A lot has stemmed from this movie, and I think, you know, it, it was very important for when it came out. I think, like you said, very early as we were recording these episodes, it changed how film can be perceived, especially how a comedy film can be perceived. I think it works also, very well. That you don't have to have a large budget to make a great movie. No, you don't. You, I think that legitimately the only thing that you need to make a great movie is a great script. That's it. Mm-hmm. As long as you have a good script, everything else will work. Everything. Yeah. But that's the difficulty is getting a great script. And I just think these gentlemen are some of probably the greatest comedy minds that Britain has ever produced. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I think that's where we're going to end our lovely quest, as we say. The Holy Grail? The Knights. No, no, not the quest for the Holy Grail. That's next week, Dylan. Mm. God, get your calendar right. Apologies. Good. Okay. So... No, that's where we're going to end the quest of watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Dylan, is there anything that we missed that you want to just quickly add in, throw in? I think we covered most everything. I think just understand that this is a movie that you need to go into with the mind of this is going to be absolutely ridiculous. This is a movie that's very self-aware of the fact that it is completely ridiculous and they lean into it. So things aren't going to make sense. Things are going to be stupid. Gags are going to be reused constantly. It is very much like the old, the old adage, yes and of improv. Just, just go into it with a gusto and just appreciate it. Definitely, yeah. It is a wonderful movie. It's always a good time every single time I see it. And I just think that everyone should see it at least once in their lifetime. Sure, yeah. I agree with what you said. As long as people go in with an open mind, they're in for a good time. Yep. So, well, Dylan, thank you so much for joining on these last three episodes. It has been an absolute pleasure having you. I know you don't do social media, but is there a message that you want to send out to the world? Anything? Love each other. Respect each other. Be kind to each other. Unless they're your best friend then you can be a dick. Yep, that sounds fair. Well, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Dylan, thank you so much for being here. And until next time, I'll catch y'all later. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Postnally. This podcast is created, hosted, and produced by me, Ankit Madeira. I also run the social media. 
Our editor is Pranav Nair. The music is by Ankit Madeira and Megan Hutchison. And the art is by Jared Rother. If you would like to support the show and get access to some bonus content, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash Any money made from the Patreon will go straight back into the show and help fund the show. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at PostFinalePod. If you want to help out the show in a non-monetary way, be sure to follow us on social media and tell a friend about the show. Reach out and say, hey, you love movies, or hey, I've been trying to get you to watch new movies. Check out this new podcast. Talk about us on social media. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcast app you use to listen to the show. All of these things help, and I really appreciate every single one of you that has already done this, and every one of you that will do this in the future. If you want to send us an email, you can do so to postfinalepod at gmail.com. I will respond to all the emails that I get, even if it takes me a little bit of time. And at the end, I'm just really thankful that you've joined and listened to this episode. Be sure to join us next week as we get started on our new film and be sure to follow us on social media to find out what that new film is and we have a brand new guest as well so until then i'll catch y'all later